At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Good morning, traders. I hope you guys are ready for pre-market prep. Yes, Money Mitch is here. I'm ready to go ahead and find out where the opportunities are. We'll take a look. Yesterday's stock's getting a little bit hit on that CPI data. We'll see if we can find some bottoming action. The future's definitely bringing us down a little bit there. We'll talk about some earning stocks, Disney, Beyond Meat, Rivian. And I, I know that a lot of people are asking, what happened to the bros? We'll talk all about that. Stay tuned, guys. We got Mark Chaikin as the guest. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you. And hit that like. Let's go. I want to see a new record on likes today. Let's get it. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get it started. Let's bring on the man himself, Joel Conan. What's going on, man? Not much, Money Mitch. How you doing on this Thursday morning? We're hey, in the well, red. We're in the I'm red. 39 trying shake, handles. Trying to shake a little bit of this red because I need a little bit of a rally to get short, baby. I've been doing great on the short. Short it, days. man. Short in the hole, and then when it goes up, short more. <sighs> that one's a hard one to do, you know. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I've learned to do is be careful about it, – it's like playing the long side though, right? Like it's like buying the high of the day. It's just it's a difficult game to play to buy the, let's say, the low of the day and keep good and short on it. But, hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk later. I'll teach you a few tricks. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, you I see? got a couple you tricks that, guys? Uh, let's let's see. talk about the overnight futures yeah. action trading down as the sell-off continues. Let's take a look at those charts. What do you see on out there? Uh, we just uh, just bottomed in the last bracket at 84.75, uh, trying to catch a bid here going into the open. Down 39 handles, uh, 91.75. Uh, crude bouncing around like a ping pong ball. That's down a buck, 82, 103.89. Uh, you have gold down 11 bucks at 18.42.70. Silver, not in the 21 handle, but in the 20 handle. Down seven seventy cents at twenty eighty seven. Holy mackerel! Bitcoin ugh, down thirteen hundred at twenty seven eight eighty. And Ethereum that's even going down more on a percentage basis. Almost not nah, not nearly uh, almost twice as much. It's down one hundred eighty four dollars at nineteen twenty one even. So uh, I tell you, I just I go to the monthlies here on the S and P's and and. Uh, Man, I just don't like I, I don't like those monthly areas, you know. I mean, is it too early to call for 3500? Of course, it is. Uh, a lot can happen between now and then. We got a uh, a PPI number coming out today. We got we got different things, but the, the monthlies are telling me, ah, man, you know, keep the powder dry. That's what that's what you got to do. Triple D, how's how you how you faring out there? Fast market, trying, 
trying um there's so much movement i mean it's the same story every day they just keep selling them there is no bounce to be had i mean we used yep. to get bounces but everybody's been hit so hard by buying the dip everybody is scared to death to buy the dip mm-hmm. including myself i mean i'm dip buying and selling and doing some herb stuff but from the long-term perspective portfolio i was like looking at some of these prices like man i'd love to buy some of these stocks like you can look at something like a square and you think wow you know like this is starting to get, you know, not that far from value territory. But who wants to be the hero? I mean, the stock is down thirty percent in six trading sessions, and it doesn't even ha- it didn't even have any news. I mean, this is you know a widely owned stock. SQ goes from one hundred and four dollars just over a week ago. Yeah, it's sixty eight bucks. I mean, it's not like it reported earnings even, Joel. It's just getting hammered. I mean, this is like the story of so many different stocks. The SPY does zero justice for what is happening in this market. You see the S&P down 18% from the highs, and you think, man, this market's pretty ugly. It's not even close to that, though, because you got so many commodity stocks and other things that have helped it out. And the big guns really haven't sold off significantly. I know 20 25% sounds scary, but when you look at some stuff, you know, some of these growthy stocks, these growth tech stocks that are down 70 80 90% from the highs. When fun fun fact, when a stock falls 90% from the highs, it's got to go up a thousand percent, a thousand percent for you to break even. Yeah. Um, it, it, it reminds me, uh, the only time that I can consider this being like that was the dot-com era, but I know that you know a little bit more about that era than I do. It's tough, man. This is just a very, very tough market to just come in and say, okay, yeah, this is it. This is the bottom. I can see my technical indicators are lining up. I'm going to load up. You know, should we be nibbling into some stocks? I like to think so. But then, you know, you do it and then you get down like you, and and like, I mean, it's not even like instant gratification. It's instant gratification on instant (laughs) degratification. Anything you seem to buy, it's better to wait a day. Like I thought about the $80 level in Square yesterday. It's 68 bucks the next day. What the hell's yeah. going on? Um, I think, I think... Uh, Bitcoin's working against it too, right? Wasn't that, you know, the... Uh, the maybe the a big bet. Break? But it's not like the whole company is Bitcoin. Whatever part of it was, you know, Bitcoin. I mean, okay, let's use any example. You know, use any stock you want to use on anything that's got like a little bit of a growth component to it. I mean, pick your poison. There's a million of them. I mean, you can look, you know, and obviously, you know, but look at a firm, AFRM. I don't think that's a Bitcoin play. I mean, this stock, Joel, was $30 a week ago. It's 14 It got cut in half in a week. I don't even think they report it. I think it's just down on the market. Yeah, These are incredible sell-offs. And I'm going to say this right now. In 2000 to 2002, when the tech bubble burst, I don't remember it being this violent to some certain stocks. Like overall market, sure. You know, we had, you know, obviously and it was really ugly. And I think the S&Ps, you know, and the Qs we know fell 81% from the highs. But that took two years. I mean, these stocks are trying to do this stuff in, in, in two weeks. This is ugly. Yeah, it definitely is ugly on out there. A lot of stocks getting hit hard yesterday. Um, plenty of stocks taking a, a downfall. And it was kind of interesting because we did get that kind of like early morning, a little bit of a rally on up, but it looks like that was kind of a dead cat bounce. It just got shorted into. Um, We're still seeing leakage on out there. Let's go to some of these earnings that are out there right now. I mean, um, I I know that you guys had a little bit of an argument on this one. I'll call it an argument because you guys barely ever argue, but I'll call it an argument on Disney. Disney, Walt Disney Q2 adjusted EPS at a dollar eight, beating the dollar and seven estimate. Sales of 19.25 billion, beating the 18.88 billion estimate. Disney reporting higher here on expected streaming subscriber growth, uh, but then it just got hit. It, bounce for a little bit there and i'm interested to hear how dennis saw the price action um one thing that i will mention is that they warned that they're still seeing impacts of covid on its theme parks in asia uh but direct to consumer growth here disney's media and entertainment segment uh generated revenues of 13.6 billion up nine percent year over year and the direct to consumer revenue within the same segment hit 4.9 billion and was up to uh 23 year over year 
So at least DTC, they're not looking too bad, but looks like they're still struggling to get that revenue. So I tweeted this out last night, and that was a kick-ass quarter. They did everything right. The stock was trading higher on at 108. And you know what I tweeted out? I said, I I fully expect the stock to eventually go red here because it's a stock. It's a joke, but it's not really a joke. There's no safety. It's not really a joke. Trade out there. Because every single stock that reports eventually goes red. It's the market environment that we're in. That Disney quarter was pretty good. The parks, year over year, you know, were huge, obviously, because the parks were closed. But, I mean, the numbers were fine here. The numbers were good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now what you say, what you do. It doesn't matter, you know, the subscribers. None of it matters. It just matters that this market is just selling everything. This is like you're feeling, you know, a capitulatory event happening. It's going to bottom here. And I'll say it, you know, in the next few days, we're going to see a significant rally somewhere in here because we've seen rallies. massively we've oversold seen some, and they just get seen. sold back. I know. But I mean, this has gotten to a point where at least on some of the stocks where it doesn't even make some sense. And that's why I think you've got to be starting to nibble here. But I don't know, man. Every time I nibble into something, I lose money. So, you know, this is yeah. everybody's been so burned. And there were so many raw, raw, raw bullish people out there that stocks have to come back. I buy the dip, I make money. I mean, you got to break all those people. So yeah. I don't know where the breaking point is, but you know, have we reached you know fair value on a lot of stocks? I think we have. But you know, to you know, a lot of people's points have heard this multiple times on CNBC, and it's it's common sense. I mean, just because they come back to fair value doesn't mean they stop at fair value. Then they go mm-hmm. under fair value. I mean, we you're, you're, you're hitting a moving target, though. You're trying to say, you oh. know, fair value ba- based on these earnings. But what's happening is, you know, the earnings are coming down, right? So what you may well, think they went is, way up for Disney, right? That wasn't true. Right. But I, I think for a lot of these stocks, I think that they're being a little bit more, you know, you know, forward looking, and they're saying, you know, that. You know the the earnings you know that you're getting now for that are not going to be as good next quarters. So I think people are looking a quarter ahead. Uh, I'd rather, and I'm not by any means calling a, a bottom today or any other day. I, I I've said this a couple of days ago. I feel better about a bottom on a big down on a down open. You know than like We're that open yesterday. Out. Yeah, it, well. We, you know, the pre-market action yesterday was just ridiculous to pop it up there and then take it down and pay, take it back up. But I think you have more of a chance of a, of a, of a capitulatory bottom on when you get that down opening because you had, you are flushing people out, but when mm-hmm. you have, you know, these fluff openings, uh, I wish I, I had something in the monthlies to lean on. I don't, I don't. So we'll just stay with the daily lows. Uh, as far as uh, the house and mouse goes here, I see the uh, you know the pop up to one twelve. Uh, man, you gotta think. Um, you know, let's see what happens at a hundred today. I don't think you're going. You know, there, there has to be a lot of people been thinking maybe about this hundred dollar level for a while. So let's see how it reacts. Also, it was just a bad day to report. I mean, you know, bad day, bad environment. Um, and uh, people sold the pop. So uh, there is a monthly low at 100. So that's good. You know, I like to hang my hats on monthly lows. Uh, the, the the next monthly low, ugh, that's down at 92.56. I don't see that eminent on the horizon. But uh, important, uh, you know, it doesn't have to close above 100. It doesn't, you know, have to 100, you know, it just has to stabilize here. And that's what they're going to talk about is not necessarily the market ratcheting straight up, but at least consolidating and holding a level. Let's see if it's 100 in Disney. I, I don't know. And there's no way for anybody to call the bottom here. I do yep. feel like we're going to get some wicked technical bounce. I think if you're coming in and shorting stocks, you're going to get your head ripped off here eventually. But it, it's really tough. I mean, and people say stop buying while... Well, I got to eventually start doing some buying because I did all my selling up there when we were near the highs. (laughs) We know that I've got to rebuy some of these stocks. I don't want to be a hundred percent, you know, like I'm 50% cash down my RSP. I did a little bit of buying brought down to 46 and then the stocks collapse and I back up to 50 again. So I didn't, I bought, I didn't even sell anything, but my cash component went up because the stocks went down enough. I mean, it's all just your own long-term perspective, you know, trading, I'm buying, selling all the time. I trade market neutral. I try to preach this, you know, like I'm trying to take, you know, little edges and, you know, that's why my trading account is very consistent. But, you know, people say, why don't you trade your trading? Why don't you trade your long-term investing account? Well, one, 
is when I sell something, I never rebuy it. They say, well, rate covered calls then. And, uh, and here's another thing is, you know, I've been in the business a long time and covered calls work awesome in a sideways market, a little bit up, a little bit down, works amazing. They don't work worth shit in a, in a, in a market like this. You're right in covered Mm -hmm. calls. Oh, I protected myself. I got $5 on my Apple and the thing falls 50 on you. Yeah. You know, it doesn't protect you. I say, well, it's $5 cheaper, but you're giving up your upside and you're taking all the downside. Covered calls work very well in sideways markets, a little bit up, a little bit down. They suck going straight down, and they really suck going straight up. You know how I know this? Because during the financial crisis, I wrote covered calls on almost my entire portfolio. You know what happened in 2010? I got called away on all of it, and nothing left. And I'm like, these were stocks that I had had that I was way up in. If I would have still, if I would still have those stocks from 2010, there was a few things I didn't write covered calls on like my MasterCard, like my Qs, those are my biggest winners. You know, my MasterCard, I went up, I got up 2,200% in that position at one time. 2,200%. You never get that when you're writing calls on stuff all the time. You'll never get those 1,000% winners. So it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But don't think covered calls are free money. And don't think you're going to be able to time it all perfectly. Because, you know, I've been through it, man. I've been through markets way worse than this. I know it feels bad. But it has been way worse. You know, even the COVID in March 2020, when we were down 2,000 points in a day, that was worse. It was faster. It was worse. It bounced right back. And this is the problem is that was, a you know, an event that nobody knew what was happening. The stocks V-bottomed. There's going to be no V-bottom here. This has been death by a 1,000 cuts. You're not getting ARKK to go back to $160 later this year. ARKK goes down every day. It's in its death spiral here right now. Because all of these stocks, like there's half of them that could be zeros in her portfolio. So I've said jokingly, but not totally jokingly, when this was 70, it's fair value is probably like 10 bucks, 10, 20 bucks if they really start to hammer growth stocks. It's 35, it's halfway there. So don't think it can't get worse. And they're still getting inflows there. There's still people coming to ARKK and buying the dip. It can get a hell of a lot worse yet there. Don't yeah. kid yourself. Stocks that go down 90%, then they go down 95%, 98%. That can happen. I don't know if it's going to happen here. I think the stocks are oversold. I'm leaning towards the bullish side for the simple reason that everybody is so bloody bearish. But at the same time, every time I try to buy something, I lose on it. So tough market. Well, we got Mark in the background yet. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get Mark on right now. Um, I just want to kind of wrap up what Dennis said there and also kind of give you a perspective from my kind of trading. And I feel like I'm a little bit younger and have learned a little bit of a lesson during during this time. Um, You guys know I'm still holding my genie bag. Um, Even though the story was great, they were getting great contracts. Everything was looking great. It did get to a point technically where I felt I should sell it but I kept it because I wanted to leave it in the investment account. I wanted to get the tax advantage. And instead, now I'm holding a bag. So I know that, Dennis, that you say maybe not trade your investment account, but I also have learned that you have to have limits also because the next thing you know, you're holding a bag for 90%. Oh, yeah. Now, one thing that Joel has taught me and has really kind of been animate about is more about buying the market overall, right? And building that up. Maybe it's 5 10% of your income, whatever that may be. But I think that has a huge advantage because in that situation, how far down is the SPY right now? It's nowhere near as far as what? My individual stocks that I took shots at. And so what I'm learning a little bit about that is more that in tough times, you'll really find out how diversification can help you out versus, you know, like I did and put some uh, eggs in that genie basket. And we all have them. We all we all have them. I'm bagging, holding uh, a number of stocks as well. I have a little piece of Coinbase. That's going to be a zero, I think. So, I mean, that was obviously a bad purchase. Bought it like a month and a half ago. I cannot believe stock can fall 70% a month and a half. But I'm bag holding that too. It was a value trap. You know, you're looking like, wow, the earnings are there. But you aren't considering, now you're considering that people are going to be pulling accounts because they're worried that their cash isn't even safe in there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different considerations. We all bag hold stuff from time to time. I will tell you, I never bag hold anything in my trading account though. So, on my long-term investment account, yes. I go flat in my trading account. Every single day, unless I have a swing on. But, you know, for the most part, I haven't even been doing swings this year because they've just, you know, I'm not that great at swings on the short side. I don't feel like I am anyways. And the long side swings have just absolutely sucked. 
So, but I go flat on my trading account every day at 10 a.m. no matter what. So if I got something overnight and it gaps down 30% on me, I eat it. But in the investing account, I hold stuff longer there. And sometimes I think you're right. You should have just like an out and say, okay, well, this is, and I will cut losers in my investment account too. It's not like I don't sell losers in my investment account, but I feel like if the story is still there, if I feel like I've got a company at a reasonable valuation and I'm not usually buying Coinbase's, you know, I threw a little bit in there, but you know, for the most part, I went through my portfolio about a week and a half ago with, with everyone. And you know, it's Apple, it's Microsoft, it's Google, it's was Amazon, it's Amazon again now because I just put it back in there. It's Qs, it's Spy, it's in, it's you know, Newcore was in there for the longest time. I've I've taken a big chunk of the of the game because it just got too much too fast. But I mean, I'm in kind of you know the same stuff. It's lower value. These stocks probably aren't zeros, you know, unless you know the nuclear you know missile hits us. These stocks probably aren't zeros. So, but yeah, a Genie, a Coinbase, everything that's basically an ARKK, those could be zeros. You yeah, have yeah, to the, consider that. Uh, let's just say, uh, I don't could get be. too happy. I'm not happy. saying they are. I'm just I don't get too happy potential. when I hear Kathy bought my stock, but let's just keep going. Let's go. Let's uh, let's get into Mark Chaikin here, founder of Chaikin Analytics. I know he's ready in the back. Let's go ahead. Let's bring him on here. Welcome, Mark. Morning, guys. How are we doing out there? How's the market? And what did you kind of see from that inflation data that we got yesterday? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh... Nobody's sort of been surprised at that because last month's PPI was suggesting that. But um, the bigger story here is what's going on in crypto to me. I woke up Monday morning and I had deja vu about 2007 mm-hmm. when I read that uh, the Terra uh, stable, I call it fable coin, had ah. um, broken the buck, so to speak, and traded all the way down to 30 cents. Uh, there's massive losses in crypto. And um, Dennis just alluded to one of my fears. I pulled my Coinbase account on Tuesday because I read that the they amended their risk uh, filing with the SEC because the SEC's put some new uh, disclosure requirements. And what they said in there was, we won't go out of business if there's a major blow up. Well, anybody who tells you they're not going to go out of business is one step removed from a foot in the grave, in my opinion. So yeah. uh, I don't know what's going to happen in crypto, but the losses are monumental. And that just sidelines all the young investors who came in here in the last two years because they're all in crypto. Yeah, I have a question about that. Um, I, I think, do you think this has a part to do with all the like the margins that you see given out there in Bitcoin? I see often uh, margin just kind of offered up there. Do you think that's kind of playing a role in the losses in Bitcoin? I think there's so many different factors converging, but the um, the desire of that Korean madman to uh, stabilize Terra and Luna using Bitcoin is creating havoc in the marketplace. And I mean, let's be real about it. This depended on faith, on the faith of the community. And that faith has now been broken with with Terra uh, where it is and Luna trading under a buck. Come on, guys, this was 120 a month ago. 
two weeks ago. You know, this this Bitcoin has just become another risk asset. How how many of these other cryptos? Let's leave Bitcoin and Ethereum aside because those seem to be the two. If you can call any of these things safe, but I don't know if you can. But there is so many. There's like thousands of these other coins that it's just numbers on a screen and they're just doing different things in different ways and people are saying well i have a diversified crypto portfolio i mean isn't all this stuff like just fugazi like isn't it just i don't even know what it is i mean Uh, people you can't just create and to peter schiff's point you know peter schiff has been all over this and wrong for a while but he's been proven right here at the end i mean to his point you can't just create wealth from nothing (laughs) i mean like they're just like oh i got a new coin and then they dump it and then then somebody and somebody's getting rich the person that's creating this stuff Mm -hmm. and then they're suckering basically there's a lot of suckers you know being suckered into buying a lot of these new coins on a story that you know isn't even you know going to materialize or just made up from thin air and the only people really getting rich from all these things are the people who are actually inventing these coins and then dumping them on people on a hot story i mean at the end of the day a lot of these cryptos are probably zeros are they not mark I believe so. And, you know, you could see um, Bitcoin ultimately down 80%, which would put it at 14,000. I said uh, 10. So your my, your target's near mine as well. So when it was 40, I said I thought it was going to 10. That's when I turned around and sold the majority of my last night Bitcoin. I had it for a long time. I just don't even like, it's like, I, I, I couldn't even, I, I don't, I just can't stomach it, to be honest with you. But the bigger story here, Dennis, is what does this mean for the stock market? And it's weighing very heavily on the psychology. And we know that the sentiment indicators have been screaming by here for about a week and a half. Um, And we've got this drip, drip, drip decline that you were talking about where you don't have capitulation. And I I think uh, two weeks ago, um, Joel, you were shocked when I used the the four handle or the maybe the thirty eight handle, but yeah, I wanted to go into that with you real quickly because um, yeah, I said, well, it, if you if you remember, I said, well, first things first, let's take out uh, the February low because that was the barometer that I had and the February twenty seventh low, and we did break that. We did break that. So that's what I was using for the basis to question you on that. My question for you now is I know you're you're talking about 3800 as a downside target and then turn around and then what would in your forecast was after we hit 3800 that's going to be a major bottom and then we're going to end the year at X is that was that the scenario you presented me with? No, that was going to be a bottom. Um I think that it's hard to make the bottom before July at the earliest, but more likely September, October, given the uncertainties about uh, change of control and uh, based on the midterms. So um, 3,800 is just official bear market territory for the S&P. We've got an options expiration coming up in a week. And I think, you know, the the hope was they would pin the S&P at 4,000, where a lot of the open interest is. Uh, but now I think we'll be lucky if they pin it at 3,800. And uh, I think for the June expiration. No, this uh, we've got an expiration of, of May options coming up. In a, in oh, a, so 3,800 for 95 handles down for yeah, but a, week the, from, you know, a week from tomorrow. Then You've got the algos who are just putting enormous pressure on this market. Every time you see a headline that has a hint of a bearish uh, flavor to it. The algos are in there selling and there are no buyers. There are just no natural buyers in this market right now. So you don't want to try and call a rebound until you, we have, until you, you feel that we have um, a bottom. Exactly. Well, I think rebounds are for traders um, and they're really tough. I mean, are we in a, like, you know, Dennis and I kind of had this discussion yesterday and, you know, the the, the prevailing thought is, yeah, in five to 10 years, the market's going to be higher. And that is proven out over, over, over time, right? I have had some weird circumstances over the last two years that um, I don't know if you can really figure into the factors, but I mean, I think what most people and what the market psychology is, is that, you know, 
when is that going to be broken? That you know, yeah, we're going to be higher in five to ten years. Well, I, I think we'll be higher in twenty twenty three because of the midterm election year pattern and the decile pattern. It, you know, markets tend to bottom out in years, uh, the second year of the decade, and you know, give or take six months, I think we're going to make a low in 2022 and then rally 30 to 50%. So I don't know how that gets triggered given the inflation numbers. We got PPI coming out in a minute. Oh, that's right. Dennis, Dennis, PPI. One oh, minute. My. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, Good. 10, Thanks, Mark. More than 10% year over Mark, year. Mark, save me, man. Yeah. yeah I, I thought, I thought about that when we, when we came on. But, uh, you know, I, this... Look, we've been in a rolling bear market. It started with stay-at-home, shop-at-home stocks. It spilled over into every speculative vehicle from EVs to SPACs. Then it started spilling into the Amazons of the world. I mean, when you, look at the headwinds you got. You've got Amazon cutting expenses, cutting back on expansion, basically soft numbers. That's never happened in the investing lifetime of most of the people who are active in the market. So this is this is a tough climate, and you know I think we'll see thirty six hundred uh, before July. Could could get a rally of five to seven percent at any time, but these rallies are going to be over very quickly. And I would not bottom fish in tech. The only place I'd be looking to bottom fish is in energy. I still love the energy complex. That dynamic is not going away anytime soon. 30, oh, so you're you're bumping it down from thirty six hundred to uh, from thirty eight. Well, we might bounce off thirty eight, but um, thirty eight is just twenty percent down. It's an arbitrary number, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of option strikes there. But thirty six hundred would be more in line with a typical um, bear market. So another, I don't know, at six percent, twenty six percent down from the high. Um, it, it's a time to really be defensive. I don't think it's a time to get aggressive. All right. Looks like we're getting in here. The numbers here, U.S. Uh, PPI coming in here month over month. Uh, we got April is at 0.4 versus 0.6 at estimate here. And then um, we got that was the core PPI. Um, we got USA PPI here. April's at 0.5 versus 0.5 estimate, and then initials jobless claims for May 6 at 203,000 versus 195,000 estimate. All right, we got a little bit of a pop there, and uh, just uh, it was sold. Got a little bit of pop over 3,900, and now trying to recover. So it's not wasn't a disaster number like we had before so uh we'll see see if we can uh hold this 8475 all right mark thanks uh i will jot down um this uh this um it's 3600 now and uh we'll keep an eye on that i'll back it down from the 3800 and 3600 by july yeah and by the way, on the upside, you got to get through forty sixty two, which is when you broke the uh, February lows. So okay. um, that's going to be that's going to be a, a tough hurdle, depending on where we bottom out here. But that's that's your reference point. If you can get above that, then you got a shot at it, maybe a ten percent rally from whatever the bottom is. But that's going to be a tough hurdle. Just All like right. four, just like forty three hundred forty three ten was a tough hurdle on uh, the last rally. All right. Last comments. Uh, I, I got to ask uh, the chat over here really blowing me up about it. They want to definitely know how did you feel after the unity report there? Um, definitely taking a hit. We've talked about unity here uh, multiple times, Mark. How, how do you see unity now? I see it as um, really attractive long-term, but um, stops have to take you out of positions like this. Otherwise you can write them down to 80 or 90%. I love the software. They're actually, uh, in the market with this um, metaverse 3D virtual reality, you know, in the commercial markets, but very wrong on that one. Yeah, hey, it happens. It happens to us all. Uh, let's just say uh, I'm probably going to be uh, not drinking the bros coffee for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Happens to us all, Mark. We'll have you back on. Well, Pleasure. Guys. Pleasure yeah. right, thanks, Mark. On. Okay, all good. Get, get, Joel, uh, get Dennis back. He's He's been marginalized. <laughs> we'll get him back. We'll he's get a busy him back. man. He, he's got a lot going on today. Yeah, yeah he's Take working, it easy. man. 
All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going, Joel. You and I sure. can keep it going here. We let's can. Keep... We got a. We we're kind of lagging here. We're 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 lagging. Let's yeah, let's well, catch up. Let's do some do stocks. I, I mean, we got a little bit of movement there, but there wasn't too much off. It's of that a little number. bit of a pop. I mean, you know the. <laughs> I mean, the last hour is you know I'll say the last thirty four minutes has been somewhat constructive in this market. Uh, you made the low at 84.75 and, you know, you got a little bounce. I mean, you know, we, we, we've seen what's, what's happened to these bounces. Once, once again, when, when we're going to have a, you know, there's going to be wicked rallies today, right? They, I mean, you saw what happened yesterday. What the down open gives you, you know, a little bit more, you know, like, you know, margin selling, you know, some people just puking it out today, maybe get a pop. The monthly's got you nothing. I mean, I, uh, Mark mentioned 3,600 next monthly low was 3,676.75. So, um, we're thin. I mean, we talk about the monthly charts all the time and, uh, you know, when you get into air pockets and monthly charts, then they tend to be air, but, um, Let's just take it one day at a time. We did the Disney earnings. What uh, where do you want to do, go to next? You want to go to the Coinbase uh, news, or we kind of already covered that. How well, about not really? I mean, there's a million stories we can cover here, but let's talk just this Coinbase here. And yes, full disclosure, I have a small position, which got a lot smaller in the last week in my long-term yeah. account, which was a big mistake, dead wrong on that. I mean, we broke down from 150, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 13 trading sessions ago, stocks $48. It fell 70% in 13 days. I don't even know what to say. These are bigger moves than I saw in 1999, 2000. I don't remember seeing the moves this bad. So it's violent, man. This is like, this This isn't just this stock. There's like, this is obviously one of the ugliest ones, but I mean, anything to do with crypto. And I don't know, people are asking me on MSTR if that margin call story, you know, we can talk both these at the same time, Joel, but somebody sure. was saying that, you know, they're levered up owning bitcoin and somebody's saying if bitcoin went to twenty-one thousand, then mstr would have to meet some nasty margin calls i mean the market is trading this mstr like that i mean mm -hmm. levering up to buy bitcoin sounds insane to me i've never really followed mstr very closely so i don't know the story here but i mean i guess if you're a true believer and you want to lever up to buy bitcoin but man i think being 100 percent invested in bitcoin is scary imagine being 200 percent or something invested in bitcoin it sounds asinine to me um anyways coinbase i don't know like i think people are worried about their accounts mark closed his account i don't yeah. have a coinbase account but after reading you know what i just saw there that you know <laughs> they're talking you know well, we're okay on bankruptcy but don't mention don't talk those words because you start talking about that people start thinking about it you kind of got like you know probably a few people closing their accounts today that mm -hmm. are worried that maybe my crypto is not safe there yeah, you know, one thing that I was state about this and just to kind of put it out there, you hear often cold wallets, guys, be don't be afraid to take your Bitcoin off platforms. I think this is what a lot of investors are just not educated in. You don't need to really run away from the platform, but you need to take your Bitcoin away from there. It needs to be in your wallet, in your cold wallet. Then you're okay. Then you're not going to get it stolen from you. I mean, it's okay but, because no one could steal it. It's not okay awful. that it can get you know, get crushed in value. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I mean, 100%. and they can still steal it. I mean, yeah. there's hackers in here that I know they all say it's unhackable. But like I said, I follow that kid Dynamite, you know, on Twitter. Who I don't know who it is because he just runs by that handle. But he's, I can tell from following from years, this is a smart person. He got hacked and had all his Bitcoin stolen. I mean, no, the, the, right out of his own wallet. I, so, I would say he made a mistake somewhere along the line, Dennis. If that's what happened, I'm but telling you, man. I, I would there, just there is there's going to be ways that even the smartest you're going to see some. The hacking is not going to go that's, away. That's normal. I mean, hacking has never gone away, right? Yeah, but I'm I mean, going to tell you something again here, Mitch, and for all mm -hmm. you and for everyone who's new out there to the real world, when your bank gets hacked and they take the money out of your account, you go to your bank and you say your problem. Give me my money back, and the bank gives you your money back. You don't have that recourse when you're holding this wallet on your own. So you're just gone. Your money is gone. So I know when I have my money in the bank, unless the bank folds and goes under, but then there's even insurance for that up to you know a certain amount, obviously, depending on you know, look at your insurance. If you're really, really wealthy, maybe you want to look at that. But I mean, this is an issue. 
it is an issue. It's an issue why I would not, I don't even like holding the Bitcoin period because maybe I do screw up somewhere. You know, like, I don't know, maybe I somebody gets my hold of my code or whatever, just for whatever reason. Maybe they come in, they hold a gun to my head, give me your codes, you know, and then they run away with my money. I don't have the recourse. So I'm just saying I, I'm more comfortable having my money in a bank and, and maybe the government's going to come in and they're going to intervene and freeze all my accounts. And, you know, maybe it's going to be a Ukraine situation. You know, I, so I get it. I get, you know, in Ukraine, they probably were better off holding Bitcoin. But I don't feel like North America is Ukraine. I don't feel like the government's going to come in and seize all my accounts here tomorrow. So it's scary. And I know all the crypto people are going to hate me for these comments here. But there are people who think like me and say, I don't understand. And Mitch, I don't understand it. Maybe call me what you want, a boomer, call me whatever. But I don't understand how anything can be completely safe from hackers. And I don't believe it is. Oh, uh, I, I won't get into the, the technical aspects of it. I mean, we, we could talk all day about this. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, I'm sure everybody's got a virus on their computer. So, I mean, we, we can get into all that. Let's let's go. Let's get back into the earnings there. Um, let's get out of the coins there. I'm still the full disclosure. I'm still short Mara. So we'll see what happens with those Bitcoin stocks. But um, and, and enjoying a little bit of a short in that in that department. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go. Let's transition to the earnings that were really important. Let's go to Rivian here. Uh, Rivian uh, earnings coming in here. Let me get you the numbers here. We got an adjusted e- EPS of a loss of a dollar forty three, beating the uh, loss of a dollar forty four estimate. Uh, EBITDA loss of one point one four billion versus a loss of three hundred ninety six million in the same quarter last year. Rivian reaffirmed uh, full year uh, twenty two guidance for adjusted EBITDA loss at four point seven billion and a production of twenty five thousand units. Wells Fargo, um, I'll, I'll call him Wells Fargo here. Uh, Where'd you get up that to from? The plate. Uh, I've heard that one before, Joel. Uh, they maintained equal weight on Rivian Automobile and lowered price targets to 24. So what are you guys thinking here? Rivian. 24 vehicles? No, well, 24 is the price target from Wells Fargo. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Not 24 <laughs> Like, oh, no. Uh I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give resistance at the close, and and that's it. I mean, if it gets green, it gets green. That's it. I'm not gonna. I'll give you the pre market low. Uh, the pre market low is 1826. Looks like it's firming up here. At least you got someone in the pre market here trying to buy at 1960, 1970. But just going back, um, what about? Is there any good mattress stocks out there? Because you talk about crypto wallets. I'm thinking about taking all my money out of the bank and. I might need a bigger mattress. Uh, Purple Innovations. Is there any other MFRM is gone? Is there any other mattress stocks out there that uh, maybe will get a bounce? People pulling their money out of the banks and putting it in their mattress. Uh, the, the the purple I'm pulling, mattress. I'm not pulling my money out of the bank. I mean, I'm joking. Not, there's so many people <laughs> that just take and run. Oh, why don't you learn more about crypto? Why don't you learn more? And I'm not going to get off this right now because I'm pissed off about it. But I'm just trying to say. Like the people who are so into crypto, they can't see other people's points of view. I'm trying to say, grandma, grandpa, there's a lot of money out there, including me and probably Joel, that aren't interested in learning about crypto. And you know what, Joel? We're not losing 70, 80, 90% of our money now either. So I'm not attracted to come learn. Oh, I'm excited to go learn about crypto now. I mean, this is all coming to roost is what stuff we've talked about. So I, I mean, I, I got to be on the opposite end here, though. Weeks ago. Uh, the market has two sides. I got to be on the opposite end here. I don't think that you should. How not much Bitcoin know do you own, Matt? About Bitcoin. How much Bitcoin do you own? Zero. Well, you're not on the opposite end. You're on my Zero. end. Then you're but, on my end. But, but. I also feel that we should start learning about it, right? And I also feel like what you need to be worried about here is your asset allocation. How much do it's you not have? An asset class, towards... How... There you go, Joel. Bingo. Well, it's not an asset class. You can't bingo. value it. You can't value it. This isn't there's, real estate. There's but... no value. At least if you buy a, pe- a crappy piece of land, right, and you pay 100 you grand for land. it, and you want to get out, you offer it at 70, you offer it at 60, you offer it at 50. You know, you still got the land and you still get to pay the taxes. There's apps. The only thing that, that with Bitcoin is, is what someone else is going to pay for it. 
Yeah. And no one and no one's paying for it. It's like the pon- they're gonna write down the Ponzi schemes of Ponzi schemes. They're gonna make the Tulip Festival look like a like a birthday party for a five year old. I mean, you can't transact in it. You can't, you know, go buy a pack of gum with it. You can't, you know, it's it's hey. not an asset class because you can't value it. You, in order for it to be an asset class, you have to be able to value it. No I, I think I think we just got to also just keep in mind that there was a lot of money made during the wave, right? And I mean, there's waves to the. That's game. all you hear about. Yeah, I, well, I, I everyone think... made a yeah, everyone made a ton. Everyone made a. I mean, you hear about that, but you don't hear about the people on Twitter that lost their lost their their shirt, lost their their mm-hmm. family, lost you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if if you're putting if you're putting let's say any like thirty percent of your value of your worth into this, I mean. I honestly, I wouldn't agree with that either. Thirty. Well, Bob Liano is nine. I wouldn't even Jeremy put ten. Jeremy goes on this show but... and he puts eighty in it. I think that's... Jeremy Newsom is one of the smartest people I know. I don't like that decision at all. I'm sure it's he not did diversified. It. It's, it's. I'm sure he if did it doesn't work like out, if the Bitcoin doesn't work out, if you know for whatever reason it doesn't go to a hundred thousand or a million, and all of a sudden you know something happens and hackers start to pick up more steam, and people are like I'm not comfortable having you know in in Bitcoin anymore. And I think, you know, you're seeing some of that here right now. I mean, it's going to be ugly. But Jeremy Newsom is so smart. I love Jeremy. Um, Jeremy is such on. a good trader. I, 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 when he told me at 80% of his net worth in Bitcoin, I was like, oh, my goodness, man. I'm scared for you, Jeremy. I'm scared for you. I love you, man. You're one of our, you're, you know, the best we'll people get, We'll I know. see if we get him back on tomorrow. We'll see but if that we scares back. me. We'll, we'll talk about that. I, I, I know I'm looking still at, at Bitcoin. I don't mind uh, if I could get it down there below the 20,000 mark. Joel but why? Why? Why 20? Why 20? Why 10? Why 5? How do you well, value I'll, it, Mitch? I'll give you, this uh, comes back to how do you value it? You can't. Really? You, you got to go with like people say that it does trade technically. So I'm going to go off the technicals there because there's no fundamentals. Like you said, there's nothing that you can it's put hard. Yeah, there's no value on it. Value. So what I would look at is what happened last time. Right. So it went from 20,000 to about 3000. That was about an 85 percent cut on the last time that it dropped. I'm looking for the same around the same time. Like, and so now we got from 60,000, it would go down to 9,000. So somewhere in between, let's say 20 to nine, that's when I'm going to start looking to at least maybe take a shot. But like always guys, well, that's a trade. Like, you got to go ahead and take it like that. That's how I would take it. Dennis. But that's I'm, a trade match. That's a I mean, trade. Hey, and uh, that's and, how I'll and, look at it. You know what? It, we can least. trade anything technically. And of course. I've traded Bitcoin. I trade BITO all the time. Technicals are technicals, and that's the lovely thing about charts. You can trade anything, and I don't mind anybody who's trading crypto. I don't have a problem with that. I'm yeah. just scared the people that are putting all their money in this, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, or worse, the people 100%. who have these diversified crypto portfolios saying that, you know, well, I'm diversified, so I'm okay. All these things are correlated together, though. Are you yeah, really? Yeah, they're definitely correlated. Are you, are you really okay? I mean, you it's know, correlated it's to the like market. Kathy Wood thinks she has a diversified portfolio. She's getting all the same type of stocks. So there's no diversification really there at all. There's all the same types of stock, growthy tech. So I think a diversification is different sectors, different allocations, different things. So it's the way I approach it differently. I'm I'm maybe not going to get rich because I don't put all my eggs in one basket. And you can get rich. Don't kid yourself. You can get very rich putting all your eggs in one basket. But more people go broke doing that, in my opinion. You know, anybody can win the lottery. And that's something too. But I, if you want to have some Bitcoin, and I had a little piece too, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I just think it's scared that people are going all in on Bitcoin and they're buying this all in, this pullback here saying, I'm going to buy this at 26,000 because I know it. Like the story with the person who sold his four houses and put it all on Bitcoin at 50,000. And now it's cut in half, but he's still a true believer in saying, well, I know I'm going to be okay because it's eventually going back to 100,000. It doesn't have to do anything. It doesn't have to go to 100,000. It doesn't have to go to a million. There are people on Twitter who preach this. I mean, we watch these bloody crypto commercials every single day, you know, with the stupid menu coming out. What kind of crypto would you like, you know, and and going this. They're pumping this and throwing this down our throats. They're just pumping this stuff out. And a lot of it, maybe not Bitcoin, but a lot of it is snake oil. So you've got to be careful. There's a lot of crypto out there that is snake oil. They're not all 100%. going to the moon. So you got to be very careful. I, if I was they... to own, I own a little piece of Bitcoin still. If I'm to own anything, it'd be Bitcoin or Ethereum. And that's it. None of these other ones. You know, maybe there's going to be some other ones that come, but I don't trust the other ones enough. So I'm just saying, stay diversified, stay safe, guys. And just like the other thing, Mitch, when you you were talking about, you know, the technical breakdown and and you know what it did in this pattern, 
the only thing I that I would caution, and I think I, I'm going to say this, you know, to the market, is that there's different circumstances. Okay, mm-hmm. there's the different circumstances, changes. right? And in in the 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 perfect storm, uh, you know, with crypto in the meme stocks, uh, was the pandemic, you know, and you know, you had a situation where we're going to live with the ramifications of that, you know, not one, two, three, four, five, but 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So that was just like the perfect storm for something like that to take place. So to say the technicals, oh, if it comes back, you know, does a pattern that it did before, then I'm going to do it. Well, I'm telling you, we got vastly different uh, economic stances, uh, mm-hmm. uh, circumstances, and political circumstances. There's just a lot of different, unknow- you know, unknowns. And then you also talk about the overhead supply thing, which we've been, you know, someone says, oh, we replay the show and, you know, listen over the years. We've, we've talked about when, you know, when things are going up, it's fine and dandy. Like everyone's happy, right? Yeah, definitely. Right? We saw it. But then you get people when it's coming down, okay, and it has these these washes out. Then it's a whole new market structure. It's a whole new market dynamic because 100%. people are trying to get out at a break even or a loss. I, I just to wrap up. I, I do agree definitely with Dennis that uh, if you're putting way too much and you're not being able to control yourself on that side, uh, you just got to take a look at it and understand a, a, a little bit deeper about what your risks really are. There, yeah. I think a lot of people aren't really calculating that risk and i think that's what dennis is also pointing to this is what they've done if this is what everybody does wrong newer traders look at how much money i can make and they never think about how much money they can lose this is everything i mean well forget about the crypto conversation for a second let's talk about uh beyond meat because that was a a clear example of something for a while that a lot of people thought was going to the moon right and i mean uh we can clearly see it didn't go to the moon um we could see here beyond me uh, EPS their loss of a dollar and fifty eight missing a dollar and one cent loss estimate, uh, so big loss there about fifty seven cents they missed there sales a uh, hundred and nine point four five million missing the hundred and twelve point four million estimate, and even Piper Sandler stepping in here lowering their price target to twelve dollars, um, so there you guys see it the fake meat I, I, I can't profits. believe. I seriously can't believe it took this long to pop this Beyond Meat bubble. It took so long. I mean, it's been coming down here for a while now, but you know, we had Mark Yusko on this show a year and a half ago, and it was eighty dollars then, and he was part of you know, um, and, like yeah, he was I saying, know. he was selling the stock as fast as he possibly could, and the stock went to two hundred after that. I mean, Mark has been proven right here. Good call, Mark. I mean, I've thought the same thing. I couldn't understand for the life of me how this stock was trading with a market cap of more than Tyson chicken. I mean, this is just, you know, shows you how hot the story can get and how, you know, investors just ignore fundamentals altogether when you've got a hot story. I don't know what the market cap of Beyond Meat was at the peak, oh. but I think it was like, it, it was more than Tyson chicken, I believe it was at one point in time. One of the biggest yeah. chicken, real chicken producers in the world. And this, you yeah. know, Beyond Meat, which the burgers are fantastic. I think the burgers are great. I think but, you're the I only mean, one, it, Dennis. You, but... what, what's that, Mitch? <laughs> I'm the only one? No, I know, yeah. I know my kid don't like it. But I, I think the Beyond Meat burgers are excellent. I buy them every once in a while. They're really good. They're... But you got to understand valuation. The product, I think, is great. But it doesn't mean you have to buy the stock. It's got to make sense. Inflation, too, though, right? Valuation never made sense. Uh, I think inflation played a big role here, too. I mean, uh, you saw Daniel in the chat talking about their margins also. And I think that's literally what's coming in here. I think in an inflationary environment, I think consumers start making a choice of not going just only to the healthy option, but also taking a economical option. Right. I think that's uh, a factor here. In any, you know, it, the story's broken. You know, you've got to stop thinking about, and, you know, there's somebody on Twitter that reached out or that just uh, tweeted at me and like, maybe I should stop thinking about, you know, where the stocks were and start thinking about, you know, valuation and, you know, where what they were really worth. Because this was yeah. never really worth 200. It was trading at 200, but the value was never there. I'm going to say on the show, Beyond Meat will never, ever, 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 ever. I'm going to say it today. Maybe I'm going to be proven wrong. Maybe we're going to this next bubble and everything will get hot again. I don't believe Beyond Me will ever see 200 again. I don't believe it will ever see 100 again. I'm not even sure it'll ever see 50 or 40 or 30 again. 
I think Beyond Meat is eventually probably a $5 stock. So if you're buying here at 20, thinking it's eventually going back to 200, I believe you are wrong. I don't think anybody does. I, I, I Joel, I, real believers uh, out there. Yeah. People enter, they think, oh, it's 200, it's 20. I'm going to make a thousand percent on this because it's eventually all stocks come back. They don't. Maybe the market comes back, but the stocks don't. So just be careful when you're buying an all-time low on something or a 52-week low. I don't know if it's an all-time low. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. It, it oh, is. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, By a long right. shot. By a long shot. Never yeah. want to own stocks making new all-time lows because they just uh, bleed you out. Death by a thousand cuts, they bleed you out. Uh, eighteen fifty-seven. Uh, that was uh, that was the pre-market low. And uh, next, if you buy this stock today or any other time, and they mention something about them working with McDonald's, okay wait and just sell it because that is like that was the last pop that you had over 45 here uh was something like they're solidifying their arrangement or whatever uh so that that's what pre-market low 1857 that's all i could give you um can't even give you i mean the bottom of yesterday's range maybe it may see the bottom of yesterday's range someday and that was at 2575 Let's talk about the disaster earnings. And uh, I know that a lot of people are going to come after me on this one, but uh, I can't blame it. Uh, the Dutch bros, the bros, what happened to the bros? Oh, man. I'll show you guys what happened to the bros, right? And so let's let's pull up the financials here, right? And um, don't, yeah, don't worry do about that. the chart. I don't think you want to see the chart. <laughs> uh, so look right here, guys. The, to the total cost of sales, right? And so this is 2021, 2022. Look how this jumped from 66,508 to 121,167. Yet they only increased stores about, like I think it was about 53 stores. I don't have that exact number right here, but I know it was around that 50 number. It wasn't too many stores that they reopened. Yet you see in their cost of sales here going way up. Why is this? Scroll down to the next page here where you start getting the revenues here. Look at this labor cost change here. In 2021, the labor cost was about 25.3 or let's say 32.5%. Wow. Now, now you're starting to see what the cost going way higher. This 25.3 went to 41.8. So the labor cost is affecting them. What's also affecting them? Food, uh, beverage, food, and packaging. The inflation coming on in. This one went from 18.2 now to 35.6. What does this do? It just kills the margins, guys. And then what do you see them struggling on right now? Is the growth. Um, so uh, a growth story that because it looks like the inflation coming into their business is just destroying the business here let's take a look at the chart now you guys see it down i think it was down like i think over 40 percent or i don't know for 30 percent for sure and um it's one of those stories now that it, it's just getting killed and a lot of this i think due to the inflation it's not i i think that the the hype is still there for yeah. the company but the problem here is pure fundamentals showing right there that you probably don't want to be in this right now. Mitch, you are spot on, and your analysis can be applied to so many quick service restaurants here right now. I'm scared of quick service for the exact reason you just pointed out, is people don't want to work for 10 12 bucks an hour anymore, and quick service lives on that. I used to operate a Quiznos, and I can remember, you know, like you're, you're, you're the labor was a horrible investment but the labor costs were significant and i remember them raising the minimum wage on me in ontario and i'm like holy i'm like i'm already tight margins i'm like you know i'd love to give the kids more money but these are tight you know the, the, the revenue you know you got you got food costs for 32 percent, and labor costs are like significant i mean when you get the labor costs exploding on you like this it puts franchises in a world of pain they just cannot absorb the increased labor costs when they're jumping up and they can't find employees. And now it's not a matter of paying 12 or 13 bucks. Now we're going to pay 22 bucks an hour to try to get people to come in. You can't bring your labor costs up 40, 50, 60% on these franchises because they don't make money. It eats up all the margin. So there's tight margins, these quick service restaurants. And that's not just going to be for bros. It's going to be for a lot. So again, yeah. the inflation concerns here, um, not only from product, you know, from paper and from all the other stuff that's probably hitting them as well, but the labor one's going to ding them the hardest 
So, you know, I'm, sh I'm sure the food costs and everything went up too. It, it's, it's, we talked about this about a year ago, you know, or six months ago, where some of these restaurants and stuff, they're going to get hit from both sides. They're getting yeah. increased food costs, increased paper costs, and increased product costs. And then they're getting hit on increased labor costs too. And they got to pass that on to the consumer and hope the consumer absorbs it. And they'll absorb some of it. But some yeah. people will say, no, nah, I'm not just going to eat out as much. And then if you throw a recession on, and to that CNBC's point of view, you know, with their survey yesterday, saying that people are going to dine out less, 40, it was like 40% said people are going to dine out less in, in going forward if we were going into a recession, because that's one thing you cut out. It's scary. I mean, I'll make my coffee at home. Oh, so yeah. that's not just scary for Rose, it's scary for Starbucks, too. And Starbucks yeah. continues to make new lows here, too. $69 here now. You're like, what's going on with Starbucks? People start cutting expenses. Same thing. They cut out five dollar coffee. Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a worry for a, lo a lot of businesses now. I mean, I think we're gonna definitely see what happens in these restaurants. What happens in? I don't want to own any of those. Yeah, no, no restaurant stocks right now. It's it's hard. It's hard to you you can't just go from let's say paying ten dollars an hour an employee to paying fifteen dollars an hour an employee and then think that you're gonna have the same margins. What happens is just those margins evaporate really quickly Very if quickly. you start spending way too much on labor. So I mean, uh, look at Wendy's. Look at Wendy's, Joel. Wendy's. We don't even need to like do the technicals here. And I mean, it's nice to Ugh. do technicals on stuff, Ooh. but they all look the same. Everything's just been murdered. That monthly chart there. But I mean, here is you know a business that's been proven over and over again. I like Wendy's. Wendy's is great. What is going on here? I bet you it's same problems. I bet you inflation is killing margins here. Why is Scary. Mickey D's holding up so well? That's Mickey D's has pricing power galore. And what I mean by that is my kids will like demand McDonald's. They won't demand Wendy's. McDonald's has so much pricing power. I think eventually McDonald's succumbs to it all too. It's being seen as a safety trade, but it has a lot more pricing power than a Wendy's because it's got just the brand. And I notice like that I cannot believe the cost of a Big Mac. They are passing it through. So yeah. I think there's going to be some businesses that, you know, like a Starbucks that'll struggle to pass it through because people might just cut out $5 coffee. But people don't cut out McDonald's unless it's really getting ugly because, you know, it's, it's kids focused as well. I mean, but but again, to your point, Joel, I wouldn't want to own McDonald's here either. Okay. All right. Uh, lively All right. debate. I think uh, I think Mitch, you held your own. You did a pretty good uh, job today. Uh, only one. I more tried. Day. I tried. I, only one more <laughs> day, Spencer. Uh, uh, but um, anyways, everyone have a good day. I'm gonna miss a lot of stocks and I go cover them. And uh, Triple D, go get them. I'll check in with you later on. Everyone have a good day. So all right, thank you, Joel. Uh, definitely, guys, go check out Pre Market Prep Plus, and we'll be getting at it on live trading. I know we missed a couple of stocks that we didn't get into. Uh, we wanted to talk about a little bit about Tesla's supply issues, um, but we'll, we'll definitely. Too. We'll definitely talk about it. Um, I, I think it's a big red flag with Toyota pointing out yesterday uh, their profitability going down. And why? Because of raw materials. Um, and then you're getting Tesla now saying that they're struggling in Shanghai uh, to get the supply also for their vehicles. So it just shows me a little bit more, at least for me, concerns about inflation. But Dennis. Ford and hey, GM downgraded to sell today, Mitch. Oh, there you I Perfect mean, this example. is I mean, what we've been talking about. It's why yeah. I sold my Ford. It's why I've got a little, little piece, but I sold three quarters of my GM position too. I, I, they can't pass it through. People aren't going to yeah. pay it. No. And, and uh, so here, you, you've got such, such major problems for them. Labor yeah. costs, material costs going up, but people aren't going to buy in Canada $95,000 pickup. So I think sales are going to absolutely plummet for new cars. I think it is going to fall off a cliff and maybe see one of the biggest falls that we've seen in decades in you know year over year numbers yep. and I, it's everyone i talk to like i'm not buying a new car i'm not buying a new car there's going to be rich people that buy new cars that don't care but yeah. average person isn't going to pay a ninety five thousand dollar for 150 anymore yeah and then the financing with... is going up on them too i mean you're yeah, not exactly. even getting zero percent financing up, anymore right? Yeah, they're murder in the automotive scary yeah, you, i don't want to go get a an auto loan with a 10 percent interest rate i yeah. mean <laughs> and, and, and to, to buy the truck, the $95,000 truck that was 65000 a year and a half ago. Exactly. So it's a 50%. Uh, there's, there's a lot of issues out there. Are 50%. A lot of issues. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of issues out there. A lot there. of issues you don't need to own. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Dennis, have a good day, man. We too, appreciate Sorry, everything I'm you do for us. And Stay positive. Hey, <laughs> good conversations. I mean, at the end of the day, there's one thing that we don't hide, and that's the transparency. Appreciate Thanks, you, Dennis. Match. We'll see Thanks, you next match. time.
All right, let's go ahead. We're going to start wrapping on up here. Going towards live trading with Benzinga. Yes, we'll start doing some live trading. Yes, guys, I've been short on Lucid. I'm still going to watch this. I think this story goes eventually, even maybe below 10. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see how the Bitcoin stocks perform. I've been talking about maybe some short ideas. So if you guys want to go and check some out, come to live trading. We've been killing it there. I have Zunaid, Ryan. We've been doing it. Hey. I'll see you guys on over. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We talked a little bit about the futures market, CPI data, hitting some stocks, some earnings, uh, Disney, Rivian, Beyond Meat. I'm glad we got through those. Of course, we had Mark Chaikin. If you didn't catch that interview, definitely rewind and check that on out. We'll see you guys over on live trading. Until then, uh, right here on Pre-Market Prep. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.